0: This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, fighting against ageism in the workplace and the marketplace. Find out more at (laughs) carp.ca.
1: Which are some artists that come to mind who are on the soundtrack of your life? The Beatles? Rolling Stones? Guess who? Carol King? Smokey Robinson? Along with just about any Motown act? Sharon Hampson? Hard for anyone who grew up in the 80s to forget her. One-third of Sharon, Lois, and Bram. Sharon and Bram Morrison continued carrying on the legacy after Lois Lillian Stein passed away in 2015. Not only are they celebrating the 45th anniversary of their first album, they've just released the third children's book based on another of their popular songs, Peanut Butter and Jelly, both of which Sharon was more than happy to talk about. You and Bram have just released your third children's book based on one of your popular songs, Peanut Butter and Jelly, a story by Randy, your daughter. Big pat in the back there for you.
2: Here, here. She's done a wonderful job. She's actually written the extension of all three books. The songs are not long enough to be books, so we say they would have been a pamphlet rather than a book if she hadn't extended the story. And it started with Skinnamarink, and then one elephant went out to play, and now with peanut butter. And in this book, she's created a community kitchen where folks from the neighbor com- neighborhood come in to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and they discover the ingredients are missing. So they go on an adventure to find the ingredients. And Chin Lang, who has been the illustrator of all three books, makes the adventure spectacular with her wonderful illustrations.
1: Why this book now? Any particular uh, reason?
2: When you're looking for a, a, a book idea, it should be one of the songs that people are familiar with, something that they really know from Sharon, Lois, and Bram. And that's what we've done in the past with Skin and Rink and One Elephant. And I think that peanut butter is is of the same category. They know it. They love it. It's fun. It's fun got great actions and there's a cute back story to it which is that many years ago, like I think it was maybe the second year of our, of our career, Bram was singing with a group of children in a, in a classroom, which is something that each of us used to do those many years ago. And he was with a group of kids, grade five, I think. And when he was finished teaching them and singing, teaching songs and singing with them and all of that, they said, we've got a song we'd like to teach you. And they sang Peanut Butter. And he said, wow, that's a great song. Sing it again. And then he came back to Lois and me and said, listen to this. And we said, oh, that's got to go on a record. And we've been doing it ever since. It's a terrific song. It's a lot of fun. It's easy to sing. It's fun to do. So, and it, and with the extended story, it's. I think it's perfect.
1: Over the years writing the songs, how did the three of you decide what you would sing? What was a song that would resonate with your audience?
2: Well, first of all, we never wrote any songs. We are not songwriters. We are collectors, and we're pretty darn good collectors because we, we know a lot of music. We've, we've been exposed to a lot of music, and we choose songs, firstly, that we like. We're not going to sing or record or perform a song that we don't like. So it starts with a it's got to appeal to us and a lot of the a lot of the songs i mean bram and i come out of the folky tradition so a lot of them are folk songs and have stood the test of time they've been around for a long long time bram likes to say we're not trendy we never chose trendy songs we chose songs that had a, had had a long life and would continue to have a long life and lois was the great you know, the American songbook and pop tunes, old pop standards. She loved all of that and brought, she loved the folk songs as well, but she brought that category to us. So there was a a multitude of songs out there that we could draw on. And that's what we've done over the years.
1: Did you bat a thousand when it came to whatever you picked resonated and uh, was good? Or were there any that uh, maybe got a bit of a a lukewarm? It's hard to think any of them did get a lukewarm response.
2: You know, some songs are great on a record but will not work in a concert. And we we learn that. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, kids' audience have different needs in a concert. Something that's on a record that they may not take a cotton to right away over time becomes familiar to them. And you never know. You know, when a kid expresses this is my favorite it often comes as a surprise to us because you know we like the song obviously but we didn't know that that would be one that a, a child would select as a favorite so you know there, there haven't I can't think of anything that we would would say, Oh, I wish we hadn't recorded that i I don't have any memory like that i you know some are more successful than others, but that doesn't mean that that means that you know on a stage they work and maybe wouldn't another one wouldn't work on a stage, but it doesn't have to. We don't put everything on a stage
1: Sharon, you mentioned your good friend Lois Stein, yours and Brams. I thought seeing as We can't help but think of the three of you when we hear this song. Why did you play it at the end of each concert and show?
2: It's a perfect ending. We sang it at the first show. We said, let's, we love Skin and Rink. And you know, by the way, I should tell you the history of Skin and Rink. Lois went to Chicago to meet up with her family. She was from Chicago, and we were raising money for our first record, borrowing money from our family and friends. And she went to her family in Chicago, and while she was there, she said to her young cousin Lisa, Have you, do you know any new good songs? Not necessarily new, but any good songs. And Lisa said, oh, how about this? And she sang her Skinner Inc. And Lois loved it, of course, and brought it back to us. And we said, oh, we've got to put that on the album. So we put it on our first album. We didn't even put it at the end of the album. Bram played the guitar, but only Lois and I sang on it. But when it came to putting together our first concert, we said, that is such a lovely song. And it's such a lovely message to end a concert with. You know, people singing I Love You to each other. The audience to each other and to us and us to them what could be better than that so we did that and then we said wow that is perfect and from then on we used it as the ending forever for everything that we ever did TV concerts a public appearance a book signing wherever there was occasion to open our mouths musically that was the last thing we did
1: Sharon Hampson For late friend Lois Lillian Stein and Bram Morrison, I want to thank you, not only on behalf of my children, but for those listening who don't have the opportunity to speak to you right now but are listening, thank you on their behalf.
2: Well, thank you very much. It was a pleasure.
1: Sharon Hampson of Sharon, Lois, and Bram. And that brings us to the end of this week's edition of the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Bob Komsik for Libby's Nimer, and thanks for joining me. Be sure to come back next week to stay up to date with all things Zoomer worldwide. Zoomer Week in Review is produced by Zeev Hadi and Paul Thomas.
0: Technical producer, Justin Eacock. Executive producer, Moses Nimer. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, fighting for financial security for our seniors. Find out more at carp.ca.
1: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review. All things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Bob Comsick for Libby's Nimer. Think you know when you're going to retire? think again.
3: Quite shocking that only 55% of people think they're going to know when their retirement date is a year in advance, but only 39% of those, that's actually the case. And the troubling thing is that 16% of those have no warning at all to get dumped into retirement.
1: Retirement coach Mariella Hoy will have some tips later, and Sharon, Lois, and Bram fans finally get to learn the story behind Rink.
2: I should tell you the history of Skin and Rink. Lois went to Chicago to Hmm. meet up with her family. She was from Chicago. And while she was there, she said to her young cousin, Lisa,
1: The rest will just have to wait. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. As research on how to detect Alzheimer's early is still ongoing, researchers stateside have found that a simple wearable headband to measure the brain's electrical activity effectively, detected patterns that may indicate presence of the disease. They wanted to look at a method that might help with early detection when there are none to few symptoms. 200 older patients wore the devices on their foreheads during sleep for at least three nights. Researchers were able to identify distinct brainwave pattern features that correlated with other indicators of Alzheimer's. Before any clinical trials, experts say the study should be further replicated and proposed mechanisms investigated deeper. So few tourists are coming to the Hawaiian island of Maui after recent wildfires that restaurants and tour companies are laying off workers as unemployment there soars. State tourism officials initially urged travelers to stay away, but now want them to return as long as they don't go anywhere near the burn zone and surrounding area. They say respectful travelers can help Maui recover from the tragedy. Nearly 8,000 filed for unemployment on Maui during the last three weeks of August, compared with around 300 a year ago. Who's that singing? As fall migration arrives, apps that ID birds by sound have taken off. For many bird watchers, novices and experts alike, this fall's migration will have a soundtrack. Merlin, from the Cornell Lab of Ornithology, is just one popular and free app that can identify birds simply by their sound. Birding's popularity soared during COVID when people were eager to get outdoors. Merlin's popularity grew, but Cornell numbers show it grew even more when the Sound ID feature was added a couple of years ago. More than 7 million worldwide now use that app. Similar popular apps include Chirpomatic, Picture Bird, and Smart Bird. From fans of our feathered friends to those of Queen, frontman Freddie Mercury's Victorian-style silver snake bangle he wore with an ivory satin catsuit in the Bohemian Rhapsody video has sold for the highest price ever paid for a piece of jewelry owned by a rock star. Sotheby says the auction sale price of nearly $900,000 more than doubled the amount paid for John Lennon's leather and B talisman in 2008. I'm Bob Komsik for Libby's Nimer, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. If you're retired, how'd you make the transition? Or are you just starting to give it some thought, maybe right in the midst of starting? That next chapter, it's not only a financial decision, but an emotional and socially challenging one as well, as Mariella Hoy discovered on her own journey to becoming a retirement coach.
3: I think you could say that I was rather a late bloomer. I had done a lot of work with IBM and public health. I would gotten an MBA. I'd gone through enjoying what I was doing. But then when I was 50, I discovered there was such a thing as a coach. I trained and spent over a decade working with people who were trying to figure out what they wanted in their lives.
1: Many boomers, Zoomers, if you will, with Zip, think they know when they're going to step out of the the fast lane and approach retirement. But they don't always have that choice, do they?
3: No, it's quite shocking that only... 55% of people think they're going to know when their retirement date is a year in advance, but only 39% of those, that's actually the case. And the troubling thing is that only 16% of those have no warning at all. So this, they get dumped into retirement without a chance to prepare, whether it be phased retirement or not.
1: What are some other issues again potential retirees if their mind is going there do they face
3: it's a it's a striking time uh, as i find what people they're fine about retirement they're excited but as they get closer to the date uh they get quite worried um and there are some pretty scary abysses that they have to cross like one woman was uh like a social secretary for her very prominent husband and when he retired she was just devastated her career was over uh, met another person high level high performing person who had never done anything but their own career they were wrapped up in their identity in that career but they wanted to leave and there was another man who was moving to a new community in retirement had no spouse no friends no hobbies uh you know that's a big abyss to cross you know there's a lot wrapped up in identity and um, how you' were respected at work and how you have to create a new way of finding meaning in in your retirement.
1: Are there some pre-retirement warning signs that uh, we should be looking out for, those that are who are thinking about it?
3: Well, in particularly if you've only worn one hat in the last few years and you have no other activities. You know, there are building blocks you can put in place for retirement, and if they aren't in place, uh, you might have a great honeymoon in retirement, but then afterwards you're going to perhaps feel quite lost, um, stressed even. I knew one person who took a stress management course because she it was hard for her to transition and to figure out what it was that really um, brought that deep satisfaction that her work had brought.
1: So, what are some of these building blocks? Let's touch on those.
3: There's a bunch of building blocks for happiness, but I chose to focus on three uh, purpose having a sense of purpose, passion or that sense of being in the zone, finding activities where you really are um, immersed in what you're doing, and people building um relationship with uh three to five people, having a community of people that um or have the same values as you having friends that you can go on vacations with and that sort of thing.
1: You would think normally that would be your closest friend, spouse, partner, but might not be, right?
3: Well, you know, the uh, Surgeon General of the United States wrote really a nice article about loneliness and isolation and how you can have a best friend or an intimate partner. But you could still be lonely and isolated because you don't have, he called it relational intimacy with with a group of friends or if you didn't have a a collective of people. So there's, like he said, there's three different levels of um, relationship building. And, And if you have one, that doesn't mean you're not going to be lonely.
1: If someone listening to you says, I think I might look into speaking with someone about this. What about your situation? Do you feel the day will come? You might need uh, someone to give you a more objective uh, view of things, or you think this is something you could handle on your own?
3: You know, that's a good question. I I think it never hurts to talk to somebody, even if all they do is listen. Um, and But if they have the skills of a coach where they can draw out what it is you really want that's helpful, I'm tending to rely on on the information I've gathered in the book. I had hundreds of stories that people told and i about what they learned, and so I drew out for myself what I was going to learn what I was going to take from their stories. so I've kind of done some of that work already as I step into my own retirement so um, oh, so you are
1: or you're planning it
3: i I have now retired since I wrote the book.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mariella Hoy, enjoy uh, the days, months, years ahead. And uh, thank you for some tips. Even if it's one tip for someone, it can make uh, possibly a difference and might send them in a, a direction they weren't thinking could be helpful. And uh, hopefully even if it's helped one, it's uh it's obviously been worth it for them and for yourself. So thank you.
3: And I, yes, you're very welcome. Thanks for your interest in it.
1: Retirement coach, Mariella Hoy. I'm Bob Komsik, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. Coming up, a new book from Sharon and Bram and the story behind the trio's signature song.
2: We said, oh, we've got to put that on the album. But when it came to putting together our first concert, we said, that is such a lovely song, and it's such a lovely message to end a concert with.
0: This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.